Buried is produced and distributed by KETR.org and is presented uninterrupted thanks to the support of its fans and listeners. Become a supporter today when you visit KETR.org and click Donate. In July 2017, I walked into the Justice of the Peace office in downtown Quinlan, hoping to find somebody who could explain charges that were on Carrie Mae Parker's record. Looking for the Justice of the Peace, sweet dad. Uh, this is the office? Okay, I'm a reporter from um, the radio station in, K- in uh, Commerce called KETR. I'm trying to find information about... In Commerce? Yeah. Uh-huh. Carrie was arrested and briefly jailed overnight on February 21st, 1991. She hadn't paid a couple of traffic tickets. Not a huge deal, but it led to an arrest warrant being issued. And I have, I can show you what I'm looking for exactly. I have a, I'm trying to figure out basically who I should, who I should be talking to to get more information about these records. The person who arraigned her was the Justice of the Peace in Quinlan in 1991, although he left office all the way back in the 1990s. I was hoping that the current Justice of the Peace might take a look at paperwork showing that Carrie was somehow charged with a misdemeanor after she went missing. It's just... I think that's the Hunt County Sheriff's Office for that part. If you flip through it, you'll see uh, some other stuff that looks like it's from this office. This is the part I'm talking about. From 1993 or 1989 or? Uh, yeah. We're working on a documentary about a missing person. So I'm looking for all the information about this person I can find. A little bit unusual, but... One charge was in February 1993. It turned out that was a charge of failure to appear, which made sense because she went missing shortly after her arrest for not paying a traffic ticket. The appear date is listed as February 4th, 1993. On July 12th, 1993, the case was dismissed. I wanted to know if this was some sort of automatic thing or if somebody had gone in and dismissed it for some other reason. Yeah, these are all cleared out. And once a case is disposed of, it's only kept for five years, the paper. Do you know where they send that stuff or anything? It's shredded. It's just it's shredded. destroyed. Wow. So why it can is... be burned or destroyed. So how does this still exist, this paper? Do you know what that's... Well, I mean, it's just a screen copied out of a computer. Okay. They stay in the computer. Okay. But we don't have any paper records. At all. I see. Oh, I don't care about the paper. Yeah. Well, I mean, from 93, we don't have records. So everything's gone? We only keep stuff for like five years uh-huh. once it's done. Okay. So. Um, this person went missing in 91. Mm-hmm. But there's this. You can see it says uh, something in 93, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering what that could possibly be. What it could be? Yeah, because she wasn't around, you know? So my best guess would be like maybe failure to appear or something Probably. like that. Yeah. It, it said that on one of the cases. One of them, yeah, I saw that for one of them, but it was different. One's speeding, and it's, the original date is 824 of 89. I mean, it says that right here, offense yeah. date. But well, for what exactly? I just don't know how to read all this. And then apparently 121 of 93... Someone had issued a failure to Oh, that's appear. what that means. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she she presumably had a court date that yeah, day? Yeah, I didn't take care of the ticket. Yeah, she wasn't here. <laughs> right. That was the least right. of her concerns, really. Um, yeah. 
It says, but I mean, it clearly says right here mm -hmm. and the date. Seven twelve. The cases don't even exist now. They were dismissed. Do you know why they would be dismissed? Probably because they got told she was missing. Okay. You, and I, the clerks that worked here then didn't document things well because back then it was just kind of yeah. haphazard. But... I mean, it clearly says dismissed and the date. Yeah. That's the date it was dismissed. And I wanted to know because it might show just how clear it was to people in Quinlan and Hunt County, especially people in law enforcement, that Carrie was missing. So one of the reasons I'm really interested in this, or we all are at the station, is that um, the there's no record of her being reported missing, which is a really strange thing, you know. Um, and the family insists that they did report her missing, and it's kind of like... Who do you believe, you know? But one of the things that I find interesting is that that case was dismissed, which means that somebody knew that she was never going to come to court, right? KETR Public Radio in Northeast Texas, this is Buried, an investigative series and podcast about the 1991 disappearance of Carrie Mae Parker and about the constable from Hunt County's 4th Precinct. Before I get to the people involved in that, I want to start with a different cop. Cullen Smith was the constable in Quinlan at the time. Carrie's father claimed to have filed a missing person report with him sometime in 1991. There's no record of that report in existence today, and the constable has since died. The museum and the library were, were started on a grant for the school. Donna Smith, no relation to Cullen, she says, runs the Quinlan Community Museum. It's in the same building as the library and a great starting point for research. And so we started getting people to donate items. Mr. Ford had put a lot of the, saved all, a lot of the school stuff, like old pictures and everything for Quinlan, and under the, let's see, they were under the stands in the gym. Mm -hmm. And sometimes teachers threw them away when they were cleaning stuff out. They weren't saving it. But we've collected and we had one teacher who worked at several different schools for 40 years. And they gave us their collection. Donna gave me the grand tour, including the museum's collection of yearbooks. That helped put names to faces of people I've been hearing about for months. But we've, as you go through, we've got, we've tried to collect different stuff and different items. As you walk by, you know the buffalo that we have here in Quinlan. It's uh, been on TV, oh, and yeah, especially yeah, yeah. the Japanese stations. They've been over here a couple of times, and they filmed it. He's been on several, they let him come in the house uh -huh. all the time. <laughs> they also raise wolves down there. So she gave us some pictures. This is what started of Lake Tawakany, wow. the dam. That's great. And uh, these are individual donations that people have given us, and we've saved. Now, this is a friendship quilt. If you look at it, it's from the 
has all the names signed on it that's mm -hmm. been given to us people that worked on it back here are books and like this is information on Mexico but as you go through here here's all these little communities or projects or activities that have been worked on and you looking for something special you can look on on here okay and find them here's the different cemeteries that we've got books on great uh, these are obituaries that people have, that we tried to save. Mm -hmm. And uh, 1983 through 84, and you'll see 85 through 89, 89 through 90. We have all these volumes. And if there was an article about a kid in the Twockety News, mm -hmm. then they cut them out and put them in here, even if they got engaged. Mm -hmm. years after they got out of school and so we have annuals and we've tried to recruit recreate the Quinlan history wow yeah so these are just papers and donations people's given us and that we are tickled to death to have yeah over here are family files and I've tried to file them alphabetically if people gave us information on their file their family, mm -hmm. then you could look in here and look underneath the names. Oh, wow. I was going to look up and see if there was anything under Colin Smith. Yeah. I can give you another name, too. Okay, what's the other name? Parker. What? Parker. I, I haven't done anything on a Parker. But, okay. But I do have a file on Colin Smith. Oh, great. Colin, if there was had anything to do with children. Cullen was all in. He collected toys. He tried to make sure that mothers got child support. Mm -hmm. That was his thing. He loved kids and he worked for them. So he did a big Christmas collection every year for him. This is the article that was in the Herald Banner when he died. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, I, this is, I just have a little bit on Cullen. Let's yeah. see what this is. But Margaret Smith has donated stuff here for the museum that Cullen had, mm -hmm. and she has stuff of his at home. Great. I would love to see that. Well, we will call back over there and see if she, I was going to show you this last file. Yeah, sure. I asked Donna for anything she had on Cullen Smith or about anyone in the Parker family, and particularly about firefighters like Carrie's dad. Howard was a volunteer firefighter in the area, although she wasn't able to locate anything right away. But Did you say you have stuff about the firefighters here, volunteer firefighters? We, I have a little bit. Let me, over there, but I, let yeah. me start it over here. They have, we have one firefighter that was captain, and his son burned down the old uh, Stringtown schoolhouse, and he turned him in. He was very honorable, and I just... I don't know the man or anything, but I don't know how I could turn in a, um, my son, yeah, you know, but he did. Wow. Now, these are the firemen here. I don't know where it is. It's okay. I know a lady I could call and see if she's noticed. I can come back. I'll come back. Yeah. I need to come back for the newspapers anyway. Uh, Donna is close friends with Cullen's widow, Margaret, which I previously learned by chance while searching for newspapers in the same building. My co-producer, Emma, was long on everyone's case for the newspapers. They still aren't all online going back that far, 
and none of the regular libraries in the county had much. I'm hoping that little girl that was here can find us a grant to get those um, thumb yeah, drives. I want to talk to my radio station, too, and see if maybe they'll help, because it'll help us, you know, well, too. Well, we just, I need to know, find out. Yeah. And, see, once it's put on a thumb drive, then it could be made copies and shared with every library, and that's yeah. what... Yeah, yeah. Emma started working out a deal that would let us take the newspapers off the Quinlan Library's hands for a few months. The university that licenses the public radio station producing this podcast agreed to have them digitized for the library and museum. But first, we had to find them. Many were in a hallway closet. And Margaret Smith is the most faithful uh, senior citizen center we person we have. <laughs> Great. So, uh, so if you will do what you want to on the newspapers, and I'll just stay around here when you're through. Okay. When we're through, if Margaret had stopped here, we'll go up to the senior citizen center. Perfect. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because the table would be quicker than in that closet. Yeah. Just in the hall? Yeah, just huh? right here. Right, right, right here. We can just put it right out here. Okay. Over here. Right. There's right. nothing in that room. That's fine. If you oh, I guess you're all big. The paper's that far. Donna and the librarian Lisa Gunter set up a table for us in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, no. I love helping people. Yeah, I'm in luck. Huh? I'm in luck. I'm not allowed to move the table a little closer. To the wall? Or to the bathroom? Well, to the bathroom. Chairs, too. That's, that way you just won't have to carry them. Okay. I brought one chair, but if Donna's going to sit in the room. Yeah, and Emma will be here, too. My, my colleague's coming, too. Oh, okay, great. So, yeah. The others were in those tubs. It takes them out of the end of Because we don't, they're not in any order. Well, they're not in any order. I thought I'd put. And if you'd have me to stack on the other side, make no old, I guess why we do it. Yeah. It didn't take a lot of digging to find the 1991 newspapers. Here's 1991 right here. Well, let's leave that one out. This is 1991. Isn't that what you wanted? Yes. He, At least, yeah. He wants the 90s. Well, this is 91 that they said they were looking for. That's right. Here's 92. Okay. Well, then you're in the right. You're in a lot of luck. Fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. I'll go Thank get you. you a chair, Don. Looks like he's done. Okay. Here is the 20th. Great, great. So, yeah. And this is the 28th. You can't believe it. This is so lucky to find it so quick. Yeah, and... And here's the net. Here's those two. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll probably want to look two. at lots of them for March. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're Emma and I got to reading for the day while Donna looked for Margaret Smith. I will see if I can get her to come up here. Okay, I'm also happy to go there, too. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to leave you, and Great. I'll just go back up here. I'll be here. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, this ad says help wanted, mature woman. Emma is not much more than half my age. Facebook existed before she learned how to walk. It was pretty funny watching her come to the realization that newspapers in the 1990s essentially served the same purpose as social media now. He had heart bypass surgery. Oh my goodness. Mr. and Mrs. Don Pumley of Dallas were dinner guests Wednesday with Don and Lola. 
In each copy of the Tawakani News, highlights of anyone's week might appear in regular sections devoted to guests from out of town, hospitalizations, dinner parties. <laughs> Are they like stalking everyone in town? We devoured these sections at first. What better way to get a sense of what life was like on Lake Tawakani in 1991? But eventually it became clear that they served only a certain demographic. What was really going on didn't appear in these blurbs. Why don't they ever talk about anyone getting arrested? Hmm? Why is there no crime? It's just a perfect little town. There was very little coverage of crime. Nothing much in detail. This was surprising because the one thing everyone says is that Lake Tawakani in the 1990s was a rough area. Constable says cases settled. Okay, this is one sentence in the bottom corner of the personals. Constable Cullen Smith reported 11 forgery cases were settled out of court Monday with benchmark bank. That's it. That's the guy we like, right? Maybe, yeah. Colin. I mean, Glenn was afraid of him because he was a cop, but he thought he was a good cop. The second week of January, he solved 11 forgery cases, if you want a picture of that. We'll but whenever there was something to report, many of the same names came up. Quinlan Police Chief Hershey Barnett, Police Officer Ronnie Faust, Justice of the Peace Dan Robertson, Constable Cullen Smith. Yeah, Glenn said that um, the call had to get him to go over to the spot, the Sawyer property. And he didn't? Um, close at the time, he didn't want to be seen with, in a police car. Yeah. Um, he didn't trust him. But Howard's, that constant was one that Howard reported him as too. Which, that makes me feel inclined to think that Howard didn't have a part in her disappearance. Well, let's see the line. Uh. They were friends, apparently. What if she was really driving a Camaro, and so everyone's been looking for the Skylark, but she still had the Camaro? I think that the Skylark thing is almost, is a... Like, no one remembers her for the Skylark. Even her daughter, even Cody. They all saw the same story about a Camaro, a brown Camaro. Uh, the problem is we can't know because the stupid like information is either not out there or barred from disclosure because it's a open investigation. You know? Is there not is the registration of cars not public? It's very difficult. I've spent so much time trying to figure it out. They just don't keep stuff that long. You know, it's, and I think that they do if someone's missing or something like that. But then 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 it's handed over to the the people who are investigating the missing. Yeah, exactly. So it's somewhere, it's just not... I don't know, I mean, feel, feel free to try to figure it out yourself. It's really messed in my head. The fact that we can't see anyone's name in this just shows how off the grid these people must have been, you know, so far. How what? Just how all these people must have been so off the grid. Yeah. The same day we found the newspapers, Donna found her dear friend Margaret Smith, Cullen Smith's widow. Well, I've seen you, but 
Right here? Be the best person available. I'm going to go get another chair okay. over here. Here's a better chair for you. You going to give me the soft chair? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Lord, is this interesting going through the old newspaper? <laughs> oh, it is for me. Um. Margaret is 79 and evidently doing well. She drove herself to the library after an out-of-town doctor's appointment and squeezed us in before her daily card game at the Quinlan Senior Center. George, George Walsh. H-A-L-E. Margaret, when he was telling me... Donna thought that Margaret would be happy to learn that I've been hearing mostly positive things about her late husband. I said, Margaret needs to hear what you have to say. <laughs> it make you feel good. Yeah. Uh... Have you ever heard of um, uh, Carrie Mae Parker? Who? A, a young woman named Carrie Mae Parker. It's a long time ago. It seems like I might have seen that in the paper, but no. Um, you will in a few minutes. It'll when he reminds you. Her father was Howard Parker, who was a fireman. Volunteer fireman, and he was friends with Cullen, he says. Anyway, um, in 1991, she went missing, Carrie did, his daughter. Um, and this family has been looking for her ever since, you know. Um, the only one I can think of is, uh, you know, was it Sarah Kinslow? Yeah. She went missing. Margaret claims to not recall much about Cullen's work. I thought I might be able to refresh her memory because Howard Parker was friends with Cullen, or said he was. The name didn't seem to register. But she didn't think I should read too much into her remembering someone or not. Do you know what CRS is? Well, that's my disease. I can't remember stuff. <laughs> that's okay. But she remembers quite a bit. Sounds like you remember a lot. Well... They, this family told me that... Margaret's husband died unexpectedly in surgery during a constable election in 2008. His deputy, Jim Davenport, briefly took over the job until the winner of that election took office a few weeks later. Cullen is the only person who would help them look for her. Yeah. They said that everyone else just ignored them. And mm. so that's why I was amazed yeah. when I heard about you, because... It's a shame that he's not still here. He could... He could do lots of stuff, but gosh, in two months, it'll be nine years he's been gone. Mm. Carrie Parker. Where did they live? They lived in Waco Bay Loop. So. I've been with him lots of times in Waco Bay serving papers. I rode with him when he wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, you know, going to do a warrant or something. Yeah. So there are a lot up there, but... (laughs) I but I that. don't, I do not remember Carrie. I tried to pass along a few things that Carrie's family told me about Cullen. Or Howard Parker was up there. Uh, he's Cullen's age, I think, Howard Parker. Um, and they knew each other. They were friends. That's what, well, what I heard. But You know, he, he knew lots of stuff, but a lot of it he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of it he couldn't tell me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Carrie's older brother, Glenn, told me about Cullen the first time we met. Glenn says that sometime before 2008, he ran into him in Quinlan. Glenn says that he told Cullen about the rumors about Carrie being buried on her ex-boyfriend's property. He said Cullen suggested they both head there together. 
Glenn declined because at the time he was in and out of trouble and didn't want to be seen with a cop. But he said that Cullen told him not to talk to other police officers about Carrie. Sometimes he'd share stuff with me, but not a whole lot. It was, uh... (laughs) Glenn Parker, her brother, his his first name's Aaron, but they call him Glenn. Um, He told me that Cullen told him to only talk to him and don't talk Mm -hmm. to the other Mm -hmm. police about Mm -hmm. what happened. Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. See, I, I know. I told Margaret about what Glenn told me, half expecting her to be surprised. Not at all. He didn't want much to do with the other law enforcement I think, officers. Yeah. Because he couldn't trust them. Yeah. Um, she said Cullen suspected his police work was being thwarted by people within law enforcement. One, you know, you know where Red lived there on the corner. Across from, you know, across from First Baptist Church, you know that red. Oh, the red thing, yeah. yeah. And and Cullen had it all set up, and he was going to make a raid there, because they dealt dope. People would drive up to the window, and then somebody let the cat out of the bag. And uh, so, and then and he was also gonna. I don't know. Did you ever know? Uh, uh, the only thing I knew what was written in the paper was that they had it all set up and someone told them. You know, they'd, yeah. been, they'd been working on it for months and months yeah. and someone told them. Yeah. And that's and all I remember. So, uh... Tommy Wallet. I hoped Margaret would be able to tell me about some of the individuals Cullen didn't trust. And Cullen had, had it all set up. He was going and, and the same thing happened. One of his, one of his own reserves. Yeah. Let the cat out of the bag. He um. was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad. And he said he'd fight dope as long as he was here. But he's not here anymore. Uh, Cullen had said, "Well, every place else is the same way." Is it? <laughs> but I, that's what he said. You know, every place has got its. Yeah. Bad and good points and ups and downs. Yeah. I've been through some th- some situations where I'm losing culling and yeah. Uh, lots of stuff you just don't remember. Yeah. So, what else did they tell me? Yeah. You know. I, I know. I can't. Uh, Carrie Parker. Mm-hmm. I started going through the names of police officers and officials involved in Carrie's arrest back in February 1991. I'm going to talk more about that in the next episode, but in the library, I thought it was worth hearing what she remembered about Cullen's work and his differences with some of these other cops. One of them was the police officer who arrested Carrie, Ronnie Faust, who died in 2013. I saw old emails from Carrie's relatives pleading with Hunt County to interview Faust in the hospital before his death. They never did. Another person associated with Carey's arrest was the former Justice of the Peace, Dan Robertson. Robertson was later reprimanded by a judicial conduct board over some of his actions as judge during the early 1990s. He arraigned Carey after Faust arrested her in 1991. According to jail records, Carey was released on some kind of personal recognizance bond the next morning in Greenville, the seat of Hunt County. It's not clear what happened next. Do you know what Cullen thought of a, another police officer named Ronnie Faust? <laughs> Do you remember the 
JP named Dan Robertson. Oh, that was going to be the ne- next question. <laughs> Dan Robertson and Ronnie Faust sued Cullen. For what? For slander. What did he say? Well, let me see if y'all can remember. <laughs> I guess an election was coming up. And I guess he had said some things that they didn't like. But Cullen told the truth. I've it heard. might not be like something somebody liked, but he told the truth. Mm-hmm. And whatever it was, it was a negative something about them. Mm-hmm. And so they just came up and filed a slander suit against him. Of course, it was finally just dropped. Yeah. But they did it together, the two yeah. of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While Margaret says there's lots she doesn't remember about that whole period, she didn't need reminding about either of these men that Cullen clashed with for years. So are you guys going to the senior center now? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll follow y'all over there. Margaret was late for her card game. Where'd she go? I'll see you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Okay. Yeah, they we made plans with Emma to check out what she had of Cullen's at her house, too. The plans to review those files eventually led to a strange encounter at the sheriff's office. So where are you? Is that you? I'm right here. Okay. So I'll just follow you all over there. Is that okay? Yep. Yeah, sometimes it's George Hale. Yeah, that's me. Hi, George. This is Rhonda McKeehan. I'm the chief of police in Hawk Cove, Texas. About a week afterwards, I got a call from a police officer who's been around long enough to remember Cullen well. Uh, I received a Texas Public Information Act request. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Hawk Cove, Texas. That's the area of Lake Tawakini where Cody and Carrie attended an infamous party. We covered that in episode four, if you need a refresher. Yeah, and uh, what you're asking me for doesn't exist. Uh, okay. We didn't even become a city until 1999. Oh, okay. Well, that's my mistake. After speaking with Cody in Oklahoma, it still wasn't clear exactly where in Hawk Cove that party happened. I thought Rhonda might know. She's been a Tawakani cop about as long as I've been alive. I don't know if you were looking for something specific or... Um, I'm not. This is a terrible time for me right now to talk, but I wonder if you would be willing to meet with me this week or next. Um... So I can talk to you more about what I was interested in, I guess, more directly. But at the time, I was more interested in what Rhonda had to say about Cullen Smith, about his other side, one that stands in contrast to the reputation as Quinlan's straight-shooting do-gooder. If you have time, I don't know. Oh, I bet I could squeeze it in, but... I also had a lot to learn about the people Cullen considered enemies in law enforcement around Lake Tawakini in the 1990s and why that feeling was often mutual. Okay. So well, that sounds good, and I look forward to meeting you, and hopefully I can help you. And I will get right to that on the next episode of Buried. Buried is produced by Emma Anderson and me. Its executive producer is Jared Knight. Brad Davis composed the original theme music, podcast cover art is by Crystal Sid. Buried's photographer is Brittany Greider. You can find her photos at instagram.com slash buried.radio. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. For an always up-to-date list of episodes and more, you can go to ketr.org slash buried. Our email address is buried at ketr.org. Special thanks to the Quinlan Senior Center and the Quinlan Community Library and Museum. 
thanks also to Charles M. Cato and Delyn Davis. And thanks again to the Public Information Officer at the Grand Saline Police Department. Buried is a production of 88.9 KETR, public radio for Northeast Texas. To support Buried, go to KETR.org and look for the red Donate button. And thanks. Thanks.